0: Education Currents, a show designed to provide current educational news and commentary from a Christian worldview. The greatest resource any community has is its children, and by providing for them the best possible education, we are providing for ourselves and future generations. Join us as we explore the latest social and political issues surrounding education. Here are your hosts, Dr. Rose Gamlin and Dr. Richard Tooley.
1: Welcome to Education Currents. I'm Dr. Richard Tooley, and with me today we have David Britton. Now, this is kind of interesting. David Britton happens to be a musician, but not one of those musicians that uh, our young people sometimes think is great, you know, like the heavy metal, but into something that has a little more meat to us. So tell us a little bit about uh, your music there.
0: Absolutely. So I was... uh I was classically trained as an opera singer and then sang professionally for about a decade or so, uh, doing all the standard repertoire, the big roles on the big stages and different things in uh, places like Japan and New York City and Europe. And then shifted gears about two and a half years ago, uh, after stepping away from music for a bit, uh, decided that that was being called to use the big voice in a slightly different vein to do more of an orchestral rock kind of feel. you might call it Josh Groban on steroids. And so we just released a Christmas album last year as a soft launch that we're going to be pushing this year, but then also have a project we're working on this summer that sort of uh, takes that, uh, that same concept and, and makes it uh, uh, available for folks. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. So let's step back a little bit. So tell me about your early life. You know, one of the things I've noticed is young people today growing up here would not be thinking of opera as a as a career so tell me a little bit about your your younger years and then how that shaped you so that you became interested in in the opera.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so my folks were, were missionaries um, overseas. So I, I was born overseas and I grew up uh, first on a little island in the Caribbean, but then I moved to Europe at the age of 12. And uh, so uh, there was always music in the family, singing in the church and other things. But as I got to Europe, was exposed to more of the classical styles of music, played trumpet in an orchestra there in school and so on, uh, and then started to, to think about singing and um, and when I came back to the United States for for my college, um, had learned languages from being overseas, had studied some of the classical music, and uh, even though in my in my heart I thought I was a rock drummer, I had a voice teacher in college that pointed me toward really trying to go for a career in, in the operatic classical voice range, and so that's how that shift happened for me.
1: So tell us a little bit about what it's like to try to get a role.
0: Uh, absolutely. Um, Usually the way it works is you fly to New York sometime during the fall, uh, having acquired a, an audition slot if you can, um, and then uh, making sure when you show up there you prepare the right repertoire. Usually it's a big a big tune from one of the big operas that everybody would know and enjoy um, in one of several languages, of course, and then uh, you sing that piece um, and you... Uh, you are then engaged by various companies, should you succeed, and that sort of lays out your work for you over the course of time.
1: So do you find yourself like this independent contractor and fly into the local opera company? or whatever? That
0: is exactly it. So you end up, uh, if you're fortunate enough to get engaged, then you uh, end up flying to a location where you'll have maybe a week and a half of rehearsal or two weeks of rehearsal and then the run of the show, which may take several weeks, of course, and then you're on to the next one. Um So that's absolutely the way that method works, while you're also trying to maybe engage with uh, local symphony orchestras and things along the way to fill in your calendar.
1: So you you found the career of being an opera singer, was it uh, something that you would suggest to young people today to think about doing?
0: Uh, it is a the art is wonderful clearly it 's a fantastic art form um, the The life on the road as anyone that has spent life on the road knows it's it 's challenging and for me, that was exactly the point that I was at a point where I had a young family and felt I needed to be more at home and that 's what shifted my course a bit uh, several years back and stepped off the road from doing the full blown operas
1: throughout your career were how how was your faith with God or your relationship with God describe how you keep that intact and that in the usually regardless of the industry the show industry it's a pretty tough road sometimes to keep a relationship with God going
0: uh, absolutely right uh, and at the same time I feel incredibly blessed that uh, I grew up in a household that uh, as, as missionary parents, we lived by faith, by the by the grace of God on a regular basis. And I saw that faith in action, meaning um, I saw that we were provided for. We didn't have much, but we were always provided for. I've never starved in my life, um, despite living in what would normally be considered quite unstable circumstances, never felt a sense of instability. Um, and I think that that was, that was fairly deep-seated in me. So as I went from very protected uh, Christian evangelical, Circles into places like the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, which, as you can imagine, might be the opposite of that. Um, I felt assured in what the Lord had in, in mind for me. And while at the time I thought it might have been opera, He gave me the opportunity to study voice so that I can use it now for different purposes. So I've always felt that His hand has been very much at work throughout every part of my life. I'm grateful to be able to use the gift for His glory at this point.
1: So you probably never imagined, or when did you decide? Hey, I've got a voice here enough to
0: to go and do this, and I can do this. I don't know that you ever really decide that, decide that. I think others decide that for you, frankly. Um, no, I I, I knew um, going into college uh, that um, that that it was not a that there was something unique there that the Lord had given me this bit of cartilage in my throat that was different than perhaps somebody else's. Um, but more than that, it was also the desire to use it and to really work at it, and uh, I enjoyed being in the practice room and still do frankly still love the time i get to do that uh, so i think that that happened probably in my early college years as i really started to understand what it meant to hone a craft and for me the craft was the vocal technique required to do this stuff
1: yeah that that's true and then you find the next level right when you when they say okay you you've got the job now show us how you're going to convert that music into a
0: show. That's absolutely right. I mean the beauty of it is that it's the combination of the music but then it's the text and it's in opera of course it's the acting as well uh, and so for me that actually translates to what I do now. I love the engagement with a live audience. That type of a performance is still very meaningful to me. The difference is that instead of singing about treacherous love scenes and things of that nature that I might have done on the boards on, on stage before, I now get to, th- uh, to, to to sing about things that I think are very meaningful um, and, and I can see that people are moved by that and it's not me it's i feel very much that it's uh, god's work gift working through me and and it's just an honor to be a vessel in that sense
1: so to come to that transition point
0: you're working in this field that you love and an
1: opera is an exciting field i mean it's strenuous but it's an exciting field yeah your career is on a good trajectory one looking at it might say why did you change trajectories you had the Met, you had La Scala, you had the world coming up.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that, um, uh, as I think I mentioned, I had a young family, and uh, I felt a very strong obligation to care for my family, not just financially, or, but to actually be there for them. And at a time when my, my son was two and my daughter was just born, uh, I made the really tough decision to, to step away from music altogether. And so about a decade ago or so, I stepped away from opera altogether and went and did corporate work. For the last several years, I had done that until I felt the Lord calling me back, saying, David, I think there's a talent here that you're burying. And the parable of the the buried talents was not something I wanted to be associated with. Uh, and as tough as it was to try to begin to juggle a corporate, you know, corporate job with going back and being a musical artist uh, I felt it was the right choice but not back to opera, now to this new sort of genre of music that we're going into.
1: Therein lies a risk in, a, in and of itself
0: It does, very much so I
1: mean, to, to step away from something where you, you have a trajectory and, and you did it for the right reasons of course, you know, your family is very, very important. We have our little time here on this earth, but those that come after us that we bring up the foundation for them that we set is very, very important to them.
0: Absolutely, yeah, that's right.
1: You make this decision to step away, and you're going to now move into the corporate world. That had to be, a, on one hand, a downer.
0: You know, the truth is is that it was um, surprisingly peaceful. Uh, and I feel that, once again, it was, you know... Uh, I think that we get caught up in what a typical life and a typical career may look like for any individual. And what I've learned, if anything, is that uh, if God has diverse plans for your life— Um, Then he'll make he can make them happen if you let him, and uh, and so for me there was actually a great sense of peace when I stepped away. I I don't know how it happened, but I was actually quite calm about the whole endeavor for the first six or seven years, and then all of a sudden the gnawing, the nagging started to come back in, which I also think was his leading to say, "I gave you some stability here, and I was you were able to uh, provide for your family. Now let's go to the next chapter." And that's what we're now in. We're really starting that now, the last year and a half or so.
1: So now, now comes the next step. You say, all right, we're going to make this shift. We're, we're, I, can't, I can't leave this gift that God has given me. I can't, I can't just let it sit there and not do anything with it. Right. <laughs> and, and, of course, all along, is, you, you probably had no end of churches saying, hey, can you come do special music for us? All those years, but then to take this now and let's say we want to convert this into a ministry. Yeah, we want to. We want to take the step of moving it into a a permanent sort of ministry. A ministry we can. do.
0: That's right, and 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 I think that you know it's it's almost um, it's almost puzzling to, to use the word ministry for me because I feel like. Um, I don't see myself as a church worship leader. I've led worship, happy to do that when asked to do that. But I, what I really have a heart for, I think, comes from my missionary kid upbringing, which is that the world is a hurting place. Um, and and I see people that are really lost and trying to fill the void with any number of things. And I'd rather go and sing for them. I'd rather be out there where the where the ocean is clipping against the the, the cliffs, um, rather than in the, the the sanctity of the church haven. If I can use that, I'd rather be out there where it's a little bit rough and aggressive. I'd rather be, um, and I think that the music that I've chosen to do has a has a broad appeal in that sense. But I always want it to have a sense of hope, where people can in those tough times can hold on tight and uh, and find a way out. So you move from opera.
1: Do you carry your operatic roots into your music?
0: Absolutely. I can't help but do that. So uh, on the first mini project that we did, we blended in some beautiful Latin Kyrie eleison work into a full-blown rock tune uh, with a violin intro and so on um, with a very driving rock melody underneath it. And now that we're in this new project, we're doing this similar thing. We're taking things from one of the big requiem, uh, the foray requiem. We're we're blending that in to make uh, an interesting statement. So yes, absolutely, those roots that are deeply uh, entrenched in the classical vein um, will actually will absolutely be a part of everything I do. You can't help it, right? Those are your influences. In my case, those are the influences that I hope comes across as a, a very broad appeal to folks just to, you know, for, for their enjoyment and lifting up.
1: You're really in, in a genre that could almost be called transitional rock.
0: Absolutely right. We, we've kind of nicknamed it sort of Josh Groban on steroids. It's really orchestral rock in that sense where... Uh, there's some sweeping string effects through there, but then there's also this uh, underlying sort of evanescence type of strength on the rock side.
1: With the lyrics, what do you do with the lyrics of your music? Is that also what we would call transitional? Because you, you said you, you wanted to be out on the edge there.
0: Yeah, um, no, so that's right. So I, I find that uh, from a, from a lyrical perspective... I often am accused of being a bit dark, I suppose, but the darkness comes from the reality of the world we live in. And I always like to make sure that there is this pivot point in my songs to be able to show where there is hope. And uh, and so, to me, it, it's an observation that says the world is its hard. We've, we're in troubled times. And yet, through that, we all have been given a sense of strength. And for those of us that choose to believe in in the salvation from a from a gracious savior in the form of Christ himself to me that is the that's a foundational bedrock that no matter what comes your way you can hang on to and so and I still do enjoy singing some of the other tunes from Broadway and, and other places. But you could certainly apply. My Christian faith is, is I, I think, does come through in that in those in those minor ways. You'll see that you know constantly uh, feeding into everything I say. Um, so that's no, that's right. So I, I, there is uh, there are some songs that are not uh, specifically Christian in their nature in their lyric, but they are hopeful. In, that, in a different sense perhaps. Yeah, um, because
1: when you talk about this, for, for many, many people out there, a Christian song has no relevance to them whatsoever.
0: Absolutely. And how are you going to reach those people? That's exactly right. I've been really encouraged that, uh, that of the concerts that I've done over the last year, um, that I would say at least a third of the audience that shows up is would never necessarily step into a church.
1: How would you talk to young people now who are saying, I feel I got this talent. How would you counsel this?
0: That's a great question. I think that, and I, you know, this is as I see my own children coming up, right? I think that we're, we should be excellent at whatever we do. I think that we should strive for excellence. Uh, I I worry that as a culture, we tend to take the easy way. And, um, and I think there's a, there's a, a great opportunity for good old-fashioned, old-school hard work, no matter what it is. If you believe that you've been given a talent in the musical realm, then... You should pursue that with every ounce of your being, because nobody else will pursue it for you, uh, and and things don't end up on silver platters handed to you. So know that it's uh, know that music is a tough industry, even uh, especially today, it's probably tougher than it's ever been. Having said that, if you feel like you have to do music, then you have to do music, and so you should do music. I, I think that's probably the best way to articulate it. But then know that it that it's work. It, it is uh, you find a joy in, in spending the time writing the lyrics find the joy in, in doing developing the technique uh, and there is joy there you'll have aha moments in your own little practice rooms on that beat up old piano and you'll play the most glorious things that no concert hall will ever hear on that beat up old piano and take joy in that
1: so do you write most of your music? Uh,
0: I write uh, about half of what we do. Um, we just did this last fall. We did a Christmas album, so there you're not wanting to write too much because right. people have an expectation. Uh, but on this upcoming project, The Storm, uh, we will be doing, it's about half and half, actually, new 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 material and some covers of some great classics.
1: And I had someone tell me this one time. Well, you're, you're, you're what, 30, 30 years old? You're too old. You're, you're done. You're washed up. <laughs> How would you uh talk to someone about that?
0: I think you're only done when you say you're done, first of all, or when the Lord makes it really emphatically clear that you're done, uh, it doesn't mean that we can all support ourselves on on music or the art that we've chosen to do or the, any occupation. you know there are folks that do other things that are not art related that struggle with their. Living as well. Um, I think that uh, we certainly live in a youth driven culture, and, and uh, at the same time, there's gen- there are a couple of generations above those in their 20s and 30s that have a desire to hear great music, that are actually quite adept at understanding how music is crafted and have a, have a penchant for, for real quality. So I, I think age is a is simply a number if anything my if my father has taught me anything um it's just a number and you should ignore it <laughs>
1: and, and I think that's good advice for people who want to get into it because well one thing that does happen is is that there's timeless music and there's pop music, correct. A lot of people felt that classical music was the only thing that was timeless, but we've discovered that there is other music that is timeless that is not necessarily of the classical genre
0: absolutely right, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that that's what we've uh, what you notice if you look back over the last fifty years now that rock and roll has been around. There are songs that came out fifty years ago that are as uh, more popular today than perhaps any Mozart piece that was written. And so, absolutely, I think that it doesn't the genre really doesn't matter. It, yeah. it, it's the longevity and the quality of, uh, uh, and I think it is how it touches the people that listen to it.
1: So let's let's talk a little bit about your album here and this is is this your first one
0: so this was the first sort of official project that we did I did a mini project on my own about a year and a half ago but this Christmas album was really the first one we we kind of put some real effort into uh, always had requests to do Christmas songs uh, to use that big voice and really and really make uh, make it work uh, so this was the first one uh, it came out this last fall
1: so you titled this one this just Christmas no, no this Christmas. one is Christmas. This is Christmas yeah this was the Christmas okay. one so The storm,
0: storm be- is the one coming Coming out this summer. And this
1: yeah. one you did, uh, what, to- pretty much traditional?
0: Yes, we uh, we did a nice mix of the, uh, you know, there's got to be an Oh Holy Night on there. Yes, yeah, so there's got to right? be an Oh Holy Night. Uh, you can't get by without yep, that. Yeah, we did uh, a, an updated, fun version of Joy to the World that retains a classical vibe to it with kind of a Weezer rock style underneath, which sounds really bizarre, but I encourage you to, to listen to it. I think you'll find it quite enjoy- uh, in- enjoyable. Um, we did O Come O Come Emmanuel, and then we went and did something. Uh, we did the Wexford Carol Which oh, is the yeah. very original Christmas song that's That we have historical record of and, uh, and so we did it in a Celtic rock vibe That ironically has become One of the most popular songs from the recording Most requested in concerts and so on And um, so, yes, it's, it's a real blend. But then we also did the intimate Christmas non-sacred classics that you might have heard Bing Crosby or Frank Sinatra doing. Chestnuts Roasting, um, I'll Be Home for Christmas, and so on. Because that's part of Christmas, for me right. anyway, was that you, know, you can't have Christmas without some of those things. So it was really sort of this blend of those, st- of those different variations. And so so now, after this
1: one, then, then, then you move on to do uh, The Storm.
0: Correct, Yeah the storm is and the storm is really you know the the christmas is christmas is an easy one because yeah. the songs are kind of dictated to you right
1: and and you will be you will be reperforming the christmas songs every year some somewhere absolutely
0: right we did it so we did a soft release this last year sort of local market and now we're going to be this will be you know for this next season this will be a, we'll do a big push behind that with the concerts and so on um, but now we're 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 on to the next project from uh from a recording perspective and and this one is one that we really hope to define as an artist, right? Because you have few chances to do that. Again, it goes, the concept of it is that life is troubling. You know, we, we live in a troubled time. Um, and so, but there are glimpses of hope. There's a calm in the center of the storm that we can rely on as well. And so we've chosen tunes that will actually go with that. Again, almost the idea of the journey that, may, that you may have to go through in life whether it's a physical journey for our ancestors that came to this country um, across turbulent seas, whether it's the challenges we see with uh, the various uh, wars that are that are around us, where many of our uh, you know American personnel are overseas and, and separated from families, all of those things are part of the storm that is life. And so we're choosing songs that hopefully will be uplifting and encouraging during a time of storm.
1: So you'll be taking those songs with you, and you're going to be touring. I assume you've got some tours coming up
0: correct. We're working through getting some of those things lined up right now. Um, I'm based out of Phoenix, so there's quite a few different things in the Phoenix area that we'll be doing in the short term, uh, and then working with our our PR firms and our our marketing group to make sure we get get all those other concerts set up. And we'll find probably specific uh, cities that we'll be able to target and and show up at and have some great concerts.
1: Is there a website people can go to to follow you and to see where if you're coming to their area?
0: Absolutely, yeah. They can go to David Britton Dot com. That's probably as simple as it gets. Uh, Davidbritton dot com is the website. Also, Davidbritton music on Facebook, if you'd like to go there, um, uh, and you can uh, follow us on Instagram at Davidbritton music as well. So we do have a number of venues, but Davidbritton com is the primary website. Okay. Yeah.
1: So they can come there, and they could find out not only about the storm, but they could find out about the Christmas album too. Absolutely. Uh, are you selling the Christmas album than any other?
0: We will be, yep, they'll be distributed through a uh, distributor coming up for this for this next holiday season. We're working through the details on that now. It's available on iTunes uh, along with the prior project that I had done under David Britton as well. Um, so you can you can find the music wherever you'd like or purchase them right from the davidbritton.com site as well. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I want to thank you for being with us here.
0: My pleasure. It's and been great. And
1: I, I do urge our listeners to go to davidbritton.com, take a look. Yeah. and young people you've heard the story don't give up your dreams just because you think you uh, can't do it
0: absolutely you not you've got to give yeah. it a shot that's right
1: so again thank you for being with us and
0: my pleasure thank you for having me really appreciate it
1: I have one thing left to say keep learning you have been listening to Education Currents a production of MRG Media Ministries for more on this or to contact us Go to mrgmediaministries.com That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com